Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dogs Big Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us. I know it's been a couple of weeks for the uh, new episode coming out. Um, you know my excuse. We've been busy. But we are recording several today so that we have them every week for you guys uh, so that when we do get busy, you don't have to wait on us. So today I have Gray with us. Gray, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a while to get Gray on here, getting our schedules to, to match up, but we said, you know what, we're going to record like two to three today, that way you guys have it, they may not be back to back, but um, they're there, and of course, if you have any ideas of what you would like for us to talk about um, between two trainers, just let us know, we love to have any ideas that you have, because sometimes we get stuck in a box, we get stuck, you know, stuck in a routine, so not a big deal, um, if you guys have information that you want to hear, send it to us. Right? We we love that because sometimes we just get, when I asked Gray about getting some topics together, I think he froze. And then... <laughs> I really did. <laughs> he did. He froze. He's like, I, I don't know. So I came up with a couple of things to talk about. And you know what? This may start out as one portion of an episode and it may turn into something else. Don't know. Whatever we name it at the end is what we will encompass. But really the biggest thing that I want to get into today, and I think it's going to take us in different areas and different levels, 
is all about rewards and rewards for dogs, right? So I know that, you know, you were talking about right before we started recording, you were talking about how some of your clients ask about rewarding, do I have to reward the dog my entire life, right? And the dog's entire life. What is, how do you normally answer that when people give you that? (laughs) I mean, just like, just like any work or any, anything, you know, anything can be a reward, just depending on who you are, depending on what type of dog, depending on the breed. It's just, if you want your dog to do the behaviors that you like, you got to make it worth it for them. Um, you know, dogs are opportunists just like us. They're going to find those rewards. They're going to get, you know, they're going to do what they want to do. It's just important that we have an idea of kind of the things that we want to see and we want to make sure we're, we're kind of rewarding that with behaviors or sorry, rewarding them with the things that they like. I mean, well, you know, and it's like when we get to the definition of rewards, it's really anything that a dog seeks, desires, um, wants, and it can be even self-rewarding behaviors. I think when people think about rewards and I might find a a good way to kind of, to present all this. I think when, when people think rewards are thinking, do I have to give my dog food? Yeah. Do I have to carry food all the time? Yeah, I might have to carry a treat bag with me all day, every day. Right. That's the big thing. And that's why I want people to understand through this episode of what what is a reward, what does it look like, how to use it, and how to think outside the box when it comes to rewards, right? Um, Gray's right. I mean, dogs are going to find rewarding. There's a payoff, right? Uh, It's like, Dr. Phil, how's it working for you, right? There's, There's a payout happening somewhere. Any behavior that we repeat as humans, there's a reward. There's a payout. Now, it may not be the payout you're looking for. You know, for example, if um, back in the day when I used to fight with my partners, um, and that was something I really enjoyed doing. I liked fighting, uh, which is insane. Because the problem was that when I would fight, um, it got me more attention than if we weren't fighting. And I wanted the attention. Even if it was negative attention... I just didn't want to be ignored. Yeah. Think about it. Right? That was kind of like me. I, you know, I, I was a bad kid. Um, it, I used to get locked in my room. Well, <laughs> I was I was pretty small, I could think. And I would take the doorknob off my doorknob uh, and escape uh-huh. my room. Not to go do anything, but just to come out of my room, sit on my couch, with my arms folded, and look at my parents. Like, look what I did. Right. right? Just I didn't knew, have that attention instead of being left alone. I knew I was going to get in more trouble, but at least I got some sort of attention. Exactly. I got some yeah. acknowledgement. Right. And, it, and it's it's amazing how many people, like, if you do... So here's the funny thing. Because Brittany and I do not fight. Um, I would say probably in the nine years we've been together, we've probably raised voices at each other once. Maybe twice. And the reason is because when I would raise my voice, because I'm passionate, and as you know, when I'm teaching or I'm doing things, I'm very passionate, so I get loud. And to her, it feels like screaming. So as soon as she hears that, she shuts down. She ignores me. She walks away. She does something else. And so by going through that type of consequence, I no longer, I really try hard not to raise my voice and get passionate if I'm talking about something that would affect she and I. So she's taught me through ignoring my behavior to control my passion. I'm not going to say control my anger or anything because it's not. It's it's truly is passion. But it's really just fascinating when we look at it. There's always rewards happening. I mean, there are self-rewarding behaviors that humans and dogs both do. 
What is one self-rewarding behavior that you would say for a dog? What Give us a self-rewarding behavior example. Yeah, so chewing on a bone or a shoe or a sock or your couch. So the chewing itself mm-hmm. and that relief of the chewing is the reward. Yeah. Right? So just like for me, uh, sitting in this chair is a reward for me right now because I'm off my feet. I have bad feet. I get, they get worn out. So sitting down is a reward for me. Nobody has to come over and say, Nikki, great job sitting. Here's $10. Here's some French fries. Could you sit again when I ask you to? Nobody has to do that. (laughs) My sitting is never going away because it is a reward to me. But I can make that, I can make that sitting more rewarding by offering you this beer right here. Absolutely. Right. So then you can elicit the behavior more often Mm -hmm. by adding Rewards on top of the self-rewarding behavior, right? It's uh, So when we look at dogs sitting, laying down, chewing on bones, or chewing in general. It doesn't even yeah. have to be bones. Just chewing in general. It could be the couch that they're laying on. That is rewarding to the dog all because of that relief. And it could be a relief of something to do. So it's re- relief of boredom. But it could also be releasing some stress. So rewards are not always just this object that's in front of you, whether it's edible or not, or yeah. something to chase. It could be the release of the stress, right? So think about, <laughs> I'm going to use, because football season's upon us. Um, when I get frustrated at my football team, I get a good, really good yell. That's the one time Brittany's good about it. I'll get that little frustration. I get it out. And the reward of getting it out is now I'm calm and I'm ready for the next play. Right? So that is a rewarding behavior for me. Now, if somebody wanted to be like, if you could not scream at your quarterback for throwing an interception, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm going to sit there very quietly (laughs) because that hundred bucks at that moment to me is going to be more rewarding than feeling that frustration go away. So when we look at our dogs with rewarding behavior, it may not be something external. It may be releasing some stress, uh, boredom. Maybe they're in pain and, um, and licking is a uh, common calming behavior that dogs will use. So maybe just that licking on. I've had people like, well, my dog licks on the wall. How is that rewarding? Well, it's calming to your dog. So it's rewarding something internal with your dog. So we have to think outside the box. We're not just talking rewards of food or a toy or tug. Those can certainly be things. But... The biggest, I would say, is that we need to get to know our dog, All right? So with, you've got two dogs, they're both herding dogs, okay? Um, what would you say, if you had to name Jed's top three rewards, um, not necessarily dependent on environment, just if you had to say, I only have three rewards I can give him that comes from me, I control, what would they be? It'd definitely be uh, food, 100% food. Uh, tug mm. and just using his nose in general. He loves using his nose. Awesome. And so what we brought up is, yep, food, great. Um, tug, fun, but that nose work. And that nose work is really rewarding to a lot of dogs, especially your hound dogs, right? Your scent hounds. So using the environment, letting him go and sniff during a walk where he controls the walk, right? It's not even anything you have to carry. People think that rewards are only things you carry and you hand to your dog, but it's not. You control that. You control on a walk when we go and sniff. Um, I would say that with 
Double D, her number one rewards food by far. It used to be um, chasing after a toy, not necessarily fetching. She just liked to chase it and then run with it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, third would probably be getting to go see Granny T or her mama. Right. Um, I'm not even a reward anymore. Isabella would be probably number one tug. Um, two would probably be chase. Um, and three would probably be food. Maybe. <laughs> right? So it's 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 one of those that we have to get to know our dogs to say, okay, what reward looks like. Because I know that for me, uh, and this is gonna probably sound awful. If somebody said, Nikki, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a hundred bucks to run a mile in eight minutes. I'm not doing it. Hundred bucks yeah, is hundred bucks is no. not worth it to me to run in an eight minute mile. Used to do it, don't want to do it ever again, right? So does that mean that I'm not money motivated? No, not necessarily. Right, right. It's just not the right amount of money. Yeah. Right? Nikki, I'm gonna give you five hundred dollars to run that eight minute mile. You're getting closer. I'm I'm now considering it. Right? But if even if I don't take it, at 500 doesn't, again, doesn't mean I'm not money motivated. It's just not the right kind. Yeah. So when people tell me my dog's not food motivated, my dog's not toy motivated, my dog doesn't want to engage with me, well, maybe you're not engaging correctly, right? right? I know OB may be a little different. What is What are OB's top three? I can think the first one. Anything with a toy, chasing a toy, you know, fetching a ball, anything like that. Um I'd say that's his first, second, and third. And that, and that happens. He he lo- he'll take food all day long, but if there's if there's a ball, that's that's his top thing. I've you know, and, I, and I've actually you know, kind of going off what you said. I have kind of my rewards on like a revolving table almost. They, yeah. They change depending on what's going on. They change uh, depending on what I'm doing. I mean, sometimes I have a ball that I keep separate just for when I go down to my farm, and there's a four wheeler or a uh, a mule that he likes to chase. So I'll have that ball to be a huge, huge reward that he only gets for that, that environment. So they're kind of always changing. And that, and that's the way it should be because the same one reward's not going to work across the board. Yeah. Right. So it's, um, it's kind of really finding, finding what that is for your dog and using it to your advantage. Right. But it doesn't mean that you can't give him fetch any other time. Right. It just, maybe we have a specific fetch toy or something special to chase after, or maybe we do it a little bit longer. Um, maybe we make it more intense. We can, there are ways that we can modify just taking one ball and using it in the backyard just for nothing or using it like at the farm. Right. Um, so there are definitely ways you can do that. You know, the important thing about rewards and training and teaching in general is um, that it's got to be something that the dog likes and it's either going to be self-rewarding or non-self-rewarding. We talked about self-rewarding is sitting, laying down, chewing, Non-self-rewarding would be jumping, can be non-self-rewarding. Nudging under your arm to get your attention is not self-rewarding. In other words, the dog gets nothing, bless you, that was Isabella. Um, The dog gets nothing for nudging your arm. There's no real payment for that, right? They're not going to feel better about doing it. What they're doing it for is to get that attention, right? So we control that reward. And if it's a behavior you like, you could simply give them the attention, right? And that would be a reward enough for them. What about licking your hand? Oh, so licking can actually be self-rewarding just with the saltiness. 
Um, dogs can lick from saltiness, lotion, so it can be self-rewarding. Um, so in those moments, you got to say, okay, what's the motivation behind my dog licking? Is it because he wants my attention and it always works? Or am I sweaty? Did I just put lotion on? Um, so it would depend on kind of that motivation with that, whether you acknowledge it, ignore it, or interrupt it. Yeah. So it's that's another thing is people thinking about what's the motivator behind this. Right. All right. Instead of just saying the dog's just doing it for no reason. No. There's always a motivator behind what a dog is doing. Um, so that's a big one is to go, okay, well, what does my dog want in this situation? More than likely licking, he wants, um, well, we'll say nudging because I, I can say that pretty much nudging is 99.9%. I want my, I want attention and we know that. So we just get to make a decision. Now, I don't care if you pet your dog, if they nudge your arm, just know that they're going to nudge your arm. If you were holding a hot cup of coffee, the same as they would when there's nothing, you can't get pissed off at them for that. All right. So, um, so it is important that we kind of find our dog and find out what that reward looks like. Um, I know there are some dogs that think kibble is the greatest reward in the world. Yeah. Um, but then you can get some treats out and they think, well, this is just as good, but I'm okay with kibble. All right. doesn't mean the dog's not food motivated. It's just motivated at different levels of the food. Um, so it, it's really getting to know your dog. And one of the ways that I like to do that, and, and uh, we've been doing a lot in our group classes, is I'm doing some, it's kind of called, it's called free work, but I've been kind of doing it as a get to know your dog. And I'll put out tuck toys, uh, stuffed toys with food. I'll put out a lickety mat. I'll put uh, treats inside a plastic bag. I'll put out just some regular squeaky toys and basically just let the dog go in and, and kind of move itself around the entire room to see what the dog goes to. And believe it or not, most people will say, well, the ball is number one. And I, Obi's ball, that Obi's ball is totally number one. He, yeah. is, he is all about fetching. But it's amazing how many people will bring in labs and say, well, the ball. He loves the ball more than anything. And you put a ball out there and they bypass it. Right. And they go find something else. Whether they pick up a toy and they start playing with that. They go straight to the food. And what it gives you, it gives you a good idea of what does your dog really enjoy? Because I'm at like your ball at your house, but in this new environment, it might be totally, something totally different. It's not as rewarding. Yeah. Right? If you want to give me $100 for sitting in my chair, I'll take that. $100 is not worth me running an eight-minute mile. Yeah. So you have to look at what is my environment? Yeah. What is the dog really wanting or what's happening in the environment? And that you can adjust some kind of that energy level as well. Um, when we are talking about rewards, let's let's each come up with... Um, let's say five things, see right off the top of our head here, five things that we would do rewards and we can go, we'll go back and forth. So I don't steal all five and you don't steal all five. Um, so I'm going to just start with number one that I would say the, some of the five things that we can use a reward. Of course, I'm going to go food and I'm going any food, any treats, any kibble. So just food. Now you get to name one. We'll just, I'll just go general like that too. I'll say play, whether that's tug or throwing a ball, some type of okay. engagement where it involves either their mouth or chasing something. Excellent. All right. Now, another reward that we could do is um, getting into a little bit more of a sniffy game. So we're hunting for food or we're hunting for toys or just having a sniffy walk. So it's just about using that nose and getting to go and sniff. So there's another one. Yeah. Well, I, we're going to come down to probably three and four and be like, holy shit. I got to think outside the box here. Right. Yeah. Uh, petting. There you well. go. And that's going to be different for every dog as well, depending on the location, depending on the dog. 
You know, that's so important because I tell people that me petting their dog, um, and especially some of the ones I deal with that have behavior issues, me petting their dog is not a reward. It's actually an aversive. Right. Right. So petting is going to be dependent on who it is and location of the body. Not every dog likes their butt scratched. Just, yeah, just like my, you know, petting my dog, my dog loves his his butt scratch, but like my stepdaughter, Annalise, if she were to pet Jed, that's like his top. I mean, because she doesn't really pet him very often. Ah. That's, that's like his, his top. So her petting is more rewarding than my petting, depending on who it is. Right. Because it's also kind of the, um, I don't want to use the word rate of reinforcement, um, but it's, it's having that. It's kind of like how chocolate is so rewarding as a kid because you don't have access to it. Of course, then when you become an adult and you have access to it all the time, I mean, it's still rewarding, but it's not nearly as I got to shove it in my mouth yeah. as much as I can. And I think that's what happens with petting that we, I don't want to tell people don't pet your dog or don't overdo petting with your dog. Just number one, recognize if your dog even sees petting as a reward because some dogs are not. And we got to be respectful of that, especially when I get clients who say, well, I should be able to pet my dog where I want him. That's like saying a stranger should be able to come up and touch you anywhere on your body. I mean, we, we think that it's okay to invade these dogs' spaces and say, well, I should be able to do this. No, you shouldn't. Which will probably go into, we'll probably get into more discussion in our next podcast that we, the next episode we're recording is on bully behavior. Um, so you have to really, does your dog see petting as a reward? Period. Um, because some dogs don't have, um, they, they don't find it. Or they may find rewarding on the head is better than the back or whatever. So you've got to figure that out. Don't just across the board say, yeah, my dog loves to be petted everywhere. Does he? I used to think Jed loved to get pet under his chin, but he was actually turning his head away to look away from me. Oh, he's just adjusting his chin to get to get a better spot. Yeah, no, no. He was just not he, liking it. He's like, I want you to pet me, but not right there. Yeah. All right. See, there you go. Uh, my third would be, I think we're at three apiece. I think I'm at the third. I think I would do third maybe of getting to go say hello to a human. I was about to say that one. Well, you can use the <laughs> one going saying hello to a dog. There you go. Right? Yeah. So we can use those together. Yeah. It really say, is, yeah, getting to go. Or going on a walk in general is a reward for some dogs. Yes. So which would be the reward itself would really be either the words, let's go for a walk, or yes. picking up the leash. Yes. See, so Seeing people don't door. realize that the reward's happening before you even start the walk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So if you're so if your dog is jumping up and down, and you say let's go for a walk, guess what? You just rewarded the jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. You control that reward of 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 whatever you're getting right there. So if your dog's jumping, yeah, you don't want to reward that. No. Put the leash down. Right. So <laughs> it's so just know that you may take your dog on a walk because he did really good with company, but if he's showing you bad behavior to get the leash put on, then you're rewarding the wrong behavior because the walk really starts when you say let's go for a walk. Because he's already ready to go, if they know the word. If they don't, then obviously no big deal. But the leash itself. Now, the leash sometimes is not a reward for dogs. Yeah, so, that's true. even for a walk, um, dogs will be more excited about the walk. Okay, so you know what? I'm going to bring this one up. And <laughs> I probably should hold it to the next one, but it's in my head. I get a lot of people that say, well, I use a prong collar to walk my dog. And he must not be bothered by it because he runs to me when I pull it out. Yeah, I hear, I hear that quite a lot. Right, you hear it a lot, right? Yeah. The thing is, is that your dog likes the walk so much that he's willing to put up with the discomfort of the prong collar just to go for a walk. So the reward of walk overrides the aversive and the pain that the collar ensues. So 
when you see that dog getting excited, he's not excited about the damn collar going on. Nobody wants to be excited about fixing to get, you know, choked or pinched with a collar. Right. He's excited about the walk itself. So please don't misinterpret if your dog is running over to put his shock collar on that he can't wait to get shocked. And that he's not bothered by it. I love movies and I love popcorn, but I'm sure bothered when I have to pay thirteen dollars for some popcorn. Right. <laughs> But I'm going to probably go in and do it I'm anyway, do right? It. it sucks, but I'm going to do it. So we really, I mean, we have to, we got to open our mind and start thinking a little bit more about reward system for your dog. Um, and don't think it's just food. So so that's our kind of our three. Ooh, I shouldn't have, I probably shouldn't have given us five a piece because now I got to really start thinking outside my head. Oh, okay. So how about I'm going to go with my fourth one, getting out of the car. Oh. Yeah. Right. If I'm at the dog park, getting out of the car is a reward. Therefore, I need appropriate behavior before I get them out of the car. So their appropriate behavior gets them out of the car, which is a reward because that then allows and sets them up to go to the next steps to get what they really want, which is to get into the dog park. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. For me, this kind of is more for my dogs, but it, you know, I'll kind of make it a little more general. Getting up on the couch. Getting for my dogs, my dogs don't really sleep in my room every night. So they sometimes do. If it's storming or if Madison's out of town or whatever the case is, I'll let my dogs in the room and it's a huge reward for them just getting to sleep in the room. But, you know, also getting up on the couch or something like that. Um, that's a great one because yeah. that's what we use here too. Yeah. Like it, it's if you get to get up on the on the bed or the couch, it's a reward. So okay, see that's those are good. Those are good, right? Um, I think that even using the environment itself, um, so we already talked kind of about taking them and going sniffing, um, and we've talked about toys and tug. Oh, dang. You know, honestly, I'm going to say this. It is rewarding to let your dog out to go potty. You control that relief. So we reward our dogs for going for, to go out and go potty, we, re, we reward them for sitting at the door, ringing on the bell, ringing the bell. The reward of ringing the bell is to go out and go potty. So, because that is a reward that we control. Okay. Right? If you're going there, then I got one for you. Oh, see, I love this. You coming okay. home from work is a reward. You control that. You control when you come home, or sort of, you control when you get home. If your dog's jumping, you control whether they get that attention or not. Oh, see, that is perfect. Because I used to do that with Isabella. She would jump on the front door when I would come home. And I would stop. Every time she jumped on the front door, I stopped mm -hmm. and looked away. And when she put foot on the floor, I started walking in again. So you're right. Me coming home was, I was using as a reward for her having four on the floor. Yeah. So that's good. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's thinking outside um, of the training box. And people don't realize that you're really rewarding your dog 24-7. You're teaching your dog 24-7. You're not just teaching your dog when a leash is in your hand, when it Excuse me, when a treat bag is on your side, it, it, it's about using the environment. It's about finding what's rewarding to your dog and adjusting your behavior um, at times to get the behavior that you want. But I think the coming home is perfect. Yeah. So many times people get home and the dog's barking their head off and they walk in the door and dog's barking and jumping all over them and they want that to stop. Yeah. Okay, well, don't come in the door when they're doing that. Or, or getting let inside, for that matter. Oh, getting let inside, yeah. yes. Coming uh, back in the house is a reward. I was at a client's house. You know who you are, sorry. <laughs> the other day, and the dog, 
And I'll, They're all going, oh my God, was it me? <laughs> we were just we were just going over, you know, not rewarding your dog for barking or jumping on the door or whatever. Dog was outside the door, um, jumping on it. You can see the dog, actually it was Java. You can see the dog's oh, case jumping up doing this. Yep. And, you know, stop, get down, no. Uh-huh. Let's just teach the dog, try harder next time, keep trying. Yeah, because at least, because the first step of getting that door open is to get the attention of the human. Mm-hmm. So y'all have to realize that your rewards aren't just in the moment of opening that door. Because what has to happen before you open the door? You have to come over there. You have to look. You got to acknowledge the dog wants to be let in. Rewards go back. Now, obviously, you looking at the dog is not as rewarding as letting the dog in. But it's still rewarding because he knows that's the first step of getting the door opened. Yeah. So I want y'all to start thinking about all these moments that you may be rewarding your dog. Um, and are you meaning to reward your dog? And, you know, think about what does your dog find rewarding? You know, set up a few items out and see what the dog finds rewarding and use that to your advantage. Now, let's talk about the levels of rewards, because one thing I've been doing recently is when I have dogs that get really excited about um, uh, barking at another dog or because they want to go play, it's a, it's a play thing. I find that just giving a dog a treat for not wanting to go play with the dog is usually not rewarding enough, even with my doggy crack. So what I've started doing is finding what the dog really finds rewarding. So like a tug toy, a ball, whatever, and using that to up the energy of the reward. So if a dog can see a dog and instead of wanting to go play with them, interact and play with me, I'm taking that energy that's for something that's not appropriate at the moment and putting it somewhere else. And and that has been really helpful in teaching dogs that it's okay to have that energy, but let's put it in a, in a more positive place, in a more appropriate place at the time. Because sometimes the treat, they eat the treat, and then just, they're right back looking at the dog. Yeah. Like for Jet, for example, he loves him some treats, but when he sees a dog, that's not going to cut it for him. Tug is his top thing for that. So if another dog's around, I'll play tug, or I mean, even just let him carry something in his mouth, and he's... He's good with that. that, I find a lot of our high arousal breeds, um, German Shepherds, Belgian Malinois, um, which I've had a few Malinois lately, that uh, even like Boston Terriers, Jack Russells, finding things like that to give them, to kind of get that energy out onto instead of what they're looking at can really make a huge difference. Uh, Just because your reward at that point isn't as rewarding as what they really want. So... You have to kind of match it. You have to either match it or go above and beyond. Yeah, because it's like me asking for a beer and someone coming, come, come wow, come yeah. and gives me some wine. Right. right. You're like, great. I like wine, it's but it, I don't right? really want that right now. Right. That's not what I was going for. I'd much rather have the beer, not in the wine mood, right? Just because it's still alcohol and it's still a drink, it's just not what I was going for at the moment. Yeah. Right. Now, let's say I want to, you wanted to have a, an okay beer, domestic beer. And I brought you, instead of the domestic beer you asked, I brought you a really yummy, amazing beer that you can hardly ever get that I know that you love. You'd be really happy with not getting the beer you you asked for because I gave you something that was more rewarding than that. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I think I'm hoping people's brains are going, holy crap. Okay, wait a minute. Right? What, What can I do? What can I use? How can I reward my dog on a regular basis but it you know just goes again to show that yes you'll be rewarding your dog for their entire life 
for 10, 12, 14, 15 years, you are rewarding your dog. So you have to pay attention to what your dog finds rewarding and um, and when you're using that. And that sometimes is as simple as your attention. It's just looking at the dog. So yes, you're rewarding your dog forever. Yeah. No, you will not have to carry treats the rest of your life. But you better get creative on finding some rewards for your dog. And don't make things so difficult that the dog gets frustrated before the reward ever happens. All right? You sit down and be like, you got to do this entire thousand piece puzzle before you get that 500 bucks. You know what? I really don't want that 500 bucks that bad. Now, maybe you give me 100 bucks every 100 pieces. Just enough to keep me motivated. Keep me motivated. Yeah. Right? Instead of waiting for that big picture to happen and looking for perfection. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, no, I don't really, I don't I don't know what to say about that. Uh, it, you just need to make, you need to get really creative with rewards. I mean, like you always say, you're constantly training whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Which in turn means you're constantly rewarding whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that you're conscious about what exactly you're rewarding for. Um, like you said today, you know, when people walk over to their to their treat bag. Oh, yeah. To, and then ask for something. I mean, it's just really, very important you're conscious with what you're asking for and, and you're constantly kind of changing those rewards around. Um, and then, you know, like like for Jed, for instance, you know, sniffing at my house, obviously is not that rewarding. But when I go on a walk, well, the mailboxes are certainly rewarding. So as I'm walking, he's being good. Sure, I'll let, I'll let you go sniff and get that reward. That's And that is so important. And when people take walks, it's I can't tell you how many people will take walks to their dog and they don't talk to them at all. Yeah. They don't talk to the dog at all. They either just keep walking or they just let the dog go wherever and follow them. They don't ever talk to them. Take advantage of those moments to get the physical exercise and teach at the same time. Yeah, go sniff that mailbox. You're walking nicely. Sure, this is your favorite mailbox. Let's go sniffy. Yeah. Don't just be like, oh, well, he knows he can do it. Well, that's great because there's going to be a time where you're going to be in a rush and you're going to need to walk him because he needs to potty and then you're going to correct him because he pulled on you to go to that mailbox. Because all of a sudden he's supposed to know in his head that today was a bad day for you. So, yeah, let's be aware. So, your homework. <laughs> Not really homework. But I do want you guys to start to think. Think about what your dog likes. What does your dog find entertaining? Um, do a little research on um, ACE free work. And it can show you how to set up some things to get an idea about how your dog feels about certain things. Uh, there are many different ways to do it. You don't need a lot of items. You can use things around the house. Um, but also, try some different things out in public or try some different things during training. Um, I love to do play and teaching at the same time, and I'll use tug a lot because Isabella loves tug. So I'll teach her that if you stay, you get a, you can get a good tug. If you go and chase the ball and bring the ball back, you get to tug. So I use that as to get some energy out of her running, so for physical exercise, but the reward for going to get the ball was not as rewarding as the tug. But in order to get the tug, she had to go get the ball. And so I was able to use that to say, all right, here, I know that's a kind of reward, but this is the reward you really want. Yeah. So get to know your dog, find out what they like, get creative. If you are using food treats, get creative. Um, always have five or six different types of treats when you're out working because one um, they're going to have different levels, yeah. right? So I, I was about to say that yeah. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they're too predictable with the rewards. Yes, and then the dog anticipates it, and and it's not really worth it at that point. No, 
Yeah. So your, you know, your kibble may be one. It may be zero on the reward list. If that's the case, you need to go talk to Tiffany at Thrive. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I might have uh, Wild Weenies bacon flavor. Okay. That's a level one reward in public, but a level three reward at home. Yeah. Right. So then I have beef lung. Okay. Beef lung is a two at home, a five in public. Um, because, or I'm sorry, five at home, two in public. Barry just looked at me like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> it's a, two, it's a five at home, but a two in public. And especially if we're using our four and five, um, kind of level treats at home all the time, it is going to lose power for out. Yes. So using high value treats for dogs, doing simple things, especially self-rewarding behavior. Yeah. You're going to screw yourself at, when you get out in public. So Always have about five or six different treats. Take a toy or two with you. Tug toy, a small ball, and the ball can easily just be something you toss to the dog. You don't have to, if they're on leash, you don't have to throw it so they jerk your arm off just to go catch it. But you can just toss it to them, something to carry in their mouth. Right. You know, anything like that. And don't give it to them every single time you say, good dog. Correct. Sure. Yes. And don't forget that you'll be saying, good dog. At least probably 10, 15 times to every one little reward, whatever that reward looks like. Because yeah. one thing I got myself in trouble too, because I was nervous when I first started working with Chad, as you knew, because I have a crazy dog. And what I would do is I, you know, I'd be saying, good boy, good job, good boy. You know, he's fine. He's not really looking at me. And then I'd come across a dog. Good boy, good job. I'd start changing my tone <laughs> a little bit because I got a little nervous. And he only, he kind of learned that when I start saying it, good boy, in a higher pitch, that something's going on that he might get rewarded that yes. time. And that got me in trouble when I'm just trying to walk naturally. And so I, I was having to change my tone to get some acknowledgement from him. And that's not what we want to do. Yeah, we just want them to understand that what we say, good job, that's good job. It may or may not um, have a reward. It may be a simple reward. It may be a great reward. Um, it may just be the verbal marker to say, hey, you're going in the right direction for a reward. Yeah. Right? So if I get to that 50 puzzle piece, good job, Nikki, keep it up. I get to the hundred. Here's your hundred dollars, right? So I get the hundred fifty mark. Good job, Nick. Keep going. You're almost there. I go to two hundred puzzle pieces. Yay! There's my two hundred bucks. So just because somebody says "good job" in the middle of it doesn't mean that that's kind of the end of what you're looking for. Yeah. It doesn't mean there has to be a reward every time. So lots of verbal praise, lots of acknowledgement. Um, because remember, acknowledgement is rewarding. We all like to have. Well, I'm, I'm going to take that back. We don't all like to have attention given to us. Um, I am an extrovert. So for me, I'm okay with attention. I'm okay with, um, somebody acknowledging me or wanting to talk to me. I mean, not always because I get tired, but I know that having attention from other people is not an aversive to me, but there are people. I'm more of a, a, uh, adventurous introvert. Yes. Where I, I don't really. Care. Somebody coming up and talk, wanting to talk to you. Is not rewarding to you. I'm kind of looking, what's that dog doing over there? That's right. You're like, I'm going to, yeah. So again, we're all individuals. Uh, just kind of find out what you think your dog likes and practice a little bit. You know what? Shoot us an email and let us know what you've been using as a reward. Um, and let's see if we can't get a really good list going. And what kind of dog you have too. Oh yeah, and what kind of dog because that can make a huge difference, right? Because I wouldn't have a terrier necessarily go play fetch as a reward. Right. Digging. I forgot to even use digging as a reward. Digging, yeah. I used that with a beagle once. The beagle loved to dig in a certain hole. 
And so as long as the dog was responsive to me, I would maybe make the dog be responsive and tune into me for 30 seconds, and then I'd release the dog to go dig. I don't know how I didn't bring that up because I know. Obi, my border collie, uh-huh. again, ch- he chases stuff, right? So he's been chasing these lizards. Oh. Ch- and he's trying to dig to get them. So I've been trying to, well, I actually didn't try. I did teach him a dig command now. So now I'm just trying to incorporate something with that as well. I don't, I don't know what, what I'm going to do with that, but I want to try to curve that destructive behavior. He loves digging, right? It's a thing he does when he's bored, but I want to try to curve that to something more productive. Yeah. Like a sandbox or something. Yeah, like doing a sandbox is great because you're saying, hey, go dig, and here's the reward. Where digging in the ground can be just the reward itself of, of moving dirt. Yeah. But a lot of dogs dig to get something. Yeah. So if we can give them a place to dig where they're getting something, then we're we're fixing the desire to dig itself and desire to dig to retrieve something. I might have to mix the ball with the digging. Yeah. I can maybe get some balls or get some type of... Um, they, they make those those moving balls, those like balls that kind of turn yes, up. You know? Yes, yes. Um, one of our clients had that in the yeah. group class. That maybe was really bury cool. one of those in the sand and have, or in the dirt and have him yeah. do that. See, a huge uh, reward. And that's a great thing is when you start thinking outside the box, you'll go, oh, oh, wait, I can use that. And also just observe your dog. You know what? When you come home and you let your dog out to go potty, don't just ignore the dog. Observe the dog. What does the dog do? What does the dog enjoy? Does he start looking for birds? Right? Is he starting to sniff the ground? Right? What does he do when he first gets outside? That's true. Usually the first thing they go for. I mean, Obi goes straight for the pole, obviously. Yeah. Jake goes straight for me. Yeah. And so you'll get to know, again, what your dog really likes. I think this has been a good one. Yeah. Right? I think that, that I hope that people have kind of started opening their brain a little bit to say, you know what? I don't have to just count on food. Um, you know, I have a lot of things at my disposal. I have my attention. I have walks. I have sniffy walks. I have playing with a toy. I have getting up on furniture. I have going outside to go potty, getting into the car, out of the car. All right. So just kind of get to know your dog. And I do, I really want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you're using as rewards and what your breed is or as close as you can get to your breed. And not only tell us what you use the reward, what reward you use, tell us when you're using it. Give us um, and a scenario where you would use a reward and, and the more out of the box, the better. And then once, if we can get it, you know, enough people sending us some information, we'll talk about it on another podcast, uh, another episode. Cool. Um, any lasting words there on rewards? Mm-hmm. No, he's just kind of be unpredictable, be unpredictable. So when he says be unpredictable, meaning don't always have the same reward. Don't always walk over to the, to the treat drawer or the treat bag to grab that treat to go get the dog. Or don't always, if you are, you know, a lot of times, do I have to carry those treats around with me all the time? Usually, if you are carrying those treats around with you all the time, you're using those to get the behavior that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're really bribing. kind of, you're kind of bribing the yeah. dog. Right. Um, yeah. So be more aware of what you're doing before rewarding your dog or before that behavior happens. Don't think you have to have the treats on you in order to acknowledge behavior. Yeah. Right. So that's where we're going with that. Don't be um, predictable as far as, okay, I've gone to grab the treat bag. So now I'm going to get a, give him a treat. Yeah. And don't let it be predictable on what treat you're giving. So be unpredictable on what that treat looks like. Be predictable on rewarding the same behaviors, acknowledging behavior, but be unpredictable on what that reward looks like. That variable reinforcement, intermittent reinforcement I mean, we could we could throw all the scientific terms out that you want. Um, just make sure that you are rewarding. Just 
Don't be so damn boring about it. Shit, maybe that's just a, what we need to say to somebody. Unpredictably consistent. Yes, I like that. All right, that's going to wrap on this one. appreciate that um great thanks for coming and, and uh finally recording again with me and um i'm gonna we're gonna close this one up and damn it we're not gonna record another one all right we'll see you I'll guys see you on the next soon. one see you on the next one